Welcome to Innovations of Health, a podcast that gives you the latest in healthcare trends and news. We'll be sharing advances in digital technology and breakthroughs in healthcare that eases people's way and provides a better healthcare future for all. Hello and welcome to our special Earth Week youth-focused live broadcast. I'm Beth Shank, Executive Director of Environmental Stewardship at Providence. As a reminder about this this uh, broadcast, the information provided during this event is for information purposes only. If you have any medical questions, please reach out to your primary care or other healthcare professional. Now let's begin. I'm really excited today. This is our bookend of Earth Week. And on Friday today, we're talking with Mr. Scott McClarty, head of school at Providence High School and two seniors from Providence High School, Kate and Ella. So welcome everyone to this broadcast. I'm so excited to talk to you. So. To get us started, Scott, could you please tell us a bit about Providence High School? Many people may not know about it, people across Providence even, and your role there as head of school. Sure. Thanks, Beth. I'm really excited to be here with you and Kate and Ella. And uh, Providence High School is the one and only high school uh, within the health system. We are in sunny Burbank, although it is not sunny today, usually sunny Burbank, California, right across from Disney Studios and right next door to Providence St. Joseph uh, Medical Center. And we're about to end our 65th anniversary year. So we've been here a long time, our first 20 years. Uh, we were an all girls school and then we've been co-ed ever since. And uh, 65 is not retirement age. We're looking ahead to the next 65 years. And it's a very exciting time to be at Providence High School. Oh, that's fabulous. And um, I, I, I had heard that it started out as a girl's school, but I didn't know it had been co-ed for as long as it has. So that's great. It's wonderful to meet the, these two students as well, who stepped up as volunteers to talk about this. So we are focusing on climate really right now. And so Kate and Ellen, could you both each just give us an idea of why climate action is important to you, why you're concerned about it? Um, well, ever since I was well, little, even though I even though I live in the middle of kind of a bigger city, I've always loved nature. Uh, going to the beach has been one of my favorite pastimes. And so as I've gotten older and let's say gone to the beach more, I've noticed there's been trash on our beach and I've wanted to, that's like just a, one of the small problems on a bigger scale problem. And I want to make a difference so our beach is no longer like this. And so our climate kind of can make a comeback because it's not doing so great right now. Uh, I think Kate said that very well. Sorry. Um, hi, my name is Ella. Fun fact, Kate and I have been going to school together for like five years now. Um, similarly to Kate, uh, I like living on a planet that has things like breathable air and plants and animals. And the way we're going, it's really making that seem less and less like that'll be the future we're living in. And if you look around at our country and our planet in general, there's a lot of things that seem like they're quote unquote broken and like the people who are supposed to be fixing them really aren't doing a good enough job. So if they can't do it, then why can't we? There you go, way, way to get started. Um, so, you know, this is, thank you both for those comments and I look forward to asking you more questions. Uh, this is a big week for us, as mentioned, it's Earth Week and also it's the anniversary of our, of our climate commitment. So it was a year ago yesterday that our president, Rod Hockman, announced our carbon negative by 2030 goal. And you may not know this, but this is actually the boldest climate commitment in US healthcare to date. And it is an enormous task. We are working on all aspects of our greenhouse gas emissions from our waste to energy use, to food impacts, to chemicals and transportation, <clears throat> excuse me. And we're also addressing these emissions all through our supply chain or related to everything we buy and use that gets shipped to us. 
Another big part of our program is engaging caregivers in these efforts because it takes all of us. This is one of the reasons I'm so excited to talk with you all today as people of Providence yourselves. So let me ask you all a few questions. First, Scott, how would you say Providence High School helps to support this carbon negative goal of Providence? Well, one, uh, we're its champion. I mean, it's uh, a goal that we take seriously and want to take on as ours. It's a collective goal and we're a part of the system and we want to contribute. And I think there are a few big things that we're doing. Uh, we're thinking through curriculum and curricular changes. It's great to have AP environmental studies that Ella took last year, but that's not enough. That doesn't help solve the problem. It helps raise awareness and increase knowledge. Uh, we started in fall of 2019, three different task forces. One of them is a sustainability task force. It's been on hiatus uh, most of the last year because campus has been shut down, but we're back on campus, which is amazing. And it's a perfect time to get that task force back up and running. And we're about to start a campus master plan project and high on our list of principles and goals as we enter into that work with an architecture firm is sustainability. And we'll look at all the same things that you were just talking about that the system is looking at from ministry to ministry. And we're gonna do the same thing here. And it's uh, it's really exciting. That's great. Just in, in good uh, alignment with, with the whole health system, which we're really working on um, a lot. That's exciting. I can't wait to hear more about how that comes along. So Ella, let me turn to you next. How would you describe the role of youth activism related to the environment, both at school and out in the community? Yeah, great question. So like I was saying a bit before, uh, Kate and myself and the younger generations in general, we're the people who will be living on this planet for the next 50 years, 100 years. We don't have the same luxury that previous generations have had of saying, oh, you know, someone else will deal with this. We're the someone else. And we're starting to see the effects of these choices that uh, we're directly dealing with. I'd say that fearing climate change, fearing what our futures will look like in these terms, that's a really tangible fear for myself and a lot of other young people. Uh, things like student organizations, classes like Mr. McClarty was talking about, those are very effective as well as social media campaigns. Uh, as we've been seeing a lot, especially these past four years, public outcry can be an incredibly strong social pressure. Things like media campaigns and boycotts on companies who have unfair or bad practices. Uh, for example, we've been seeing with the new Georgia voting uh, laws, there have been a lot of calls to boycott certain companies. So if we can take that change and aim it at companies who have poor environmentalist practices, those sorts of social media campaigns can be done by students and can be incredibly effective. Uh, like I was talking about, watching other movements, things like gun violence and voting rights, uh, students can have a very direct impact on those, especially if they're things that directly impact us. So if we organize and push for substantial change, we can make a, sub a sizable, formidable faction, and this faction will be able to vote in, you know, a year to four years. So it can really be something we see happen in the future. That's great. Well, I'm, I'm so glad that you're working on this and that you'll be voting soon and and we'll, we'll go there together. Uh, Kate, let me ask you a different sort of question, which is more about what kinds of things are you doing in your life around climate action? And also, how are you helping to activate your peers and family and friends? Right, good question. And uh, very well said, Ella. <laughs> um, on a smaller scale, I've just a few things. I've stopped buying uh, single-use water bottles and we use compostable trash bags at home 
Um, there's many things we've been doing on a smaller scale in my household, um, and that's just a few of them. On a bigger scale, on National Recycling Day, I believe it was two years ago now, wow, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. at Providence High School, I hosted an event um, to raise awareness uh, about recycling, proper recycling, and plastic. We had a Jeans Day fundraiser and a event during lunch where we had like a information table and then games that students could play to get involved and win prizes. And everyone got pretty involved in that. And we ended up raising over $400 for the Environmental Defense Fund, which was insane and amazing. Um, I found one of the best ways to help activate my peers, family and friends has just been leading by example and being passionate about my own efforts. Um, that's what happened with National Recycling Day. And because of that, a ton of people got involved and were incredibly excited to participate and just, yeah, <laughs> participate. So leading by example, I think is the best one, um, the best way to activate your peers, family and friends. Well, you, you both really touched on, um, you know, you identified your own engagement and you're kind of coming at it from different perspectives. You know, Ella, yours is a little bit more, it sounded to me like, if I'm interpreting properly, you're keyed into activism and the effectiveness of the youth voice. And and Kate, you are modeling by example, which, which totally is very powerful. Um, are you both, would you consider yourselves comfortable in these leadership roles? Because you are already informal leaders. Um, if I could speak very briefly just before Kate, I'd say definitely. Uh, I really do try to make an impact in the community. This previous election, I've been talking about the election a lot. This previous election, I was actually a student poll worker. So I was there for three days uh, helping. I was printing ballots, organizing people. And that sort of action, I think, is very important. There were a lot of other uh, student poll worker volunteers. There were probably 20 in my poll center alone. So when you see these groups of students who are saying, yes, I want to take, I want to go from taking an active, a passive role to an active role, I think that that's incredibly powerful. And I'm obviously very happy and very proud to be a part of that. I'll just cool. add on to that by saying, I think the more practice we can have as young adults um, will help us as we grow into um, adults and our leading roles then. So this is all um, working towards just more effective leadership and we're still learning, but we're certainly working hard and trying to make a huge difference. I'd say you're doing really well. And this is this is another opportunity to practice, right? Being talking, talking to people across the web. Uh, thank you for that. Both great, great answers. All right, let's see. So um, Scott, let me come back to you related to the students. How do you work with students to get involved in any way uh, with climate action? Yeah, well, things like this. Uh, and in 2019, before uh, pre-pandemic, uh, we worked with New Road School and brought a, uh, a climatologist from Hawaii uh, actually to LA. We spent an entire day with students um, filming the experience, interviewing him, listening to him speak. Uh, and, you know, it's really about creating an environment where student voices can be centered, where the adults are not always standing in the front of the room talking at students, but we're the guide on the side and allowing student voices to really come forth and creating an environment where it's not all about either or choices. Uh, we can see that actually, ultimately, we need to live lives of integrity, which involves things like what Kate's talking about, changing our personal practices so that our values and our actions are actually aligned. 
even though we know that every time we don't buy a water bottle, we're not saving the planet, right? That's not going to solve climate change, but it does mean we're living a life of integrity. And so combining that with what Ella's talking about and activism, actually changing systems and connecting people, not just locally, but across the country and globally, those two things, that's going to be unstoppable. And it needs to be an intergenerational movement, right? For sure, Ella's correct. Uh, they're going to inherit this land, but I'm not ready to give up the last couple of decades <laughs> of, my, of my working life. Uh, and I want to collaborate in ways and empower students like Ella and Kate. Fabulous. Well, thank you for your leadership as an educator. Um, so let me let me ask a little bit of uh, your personal experience, Ella. Particularly, you you all live in California, but I'm zeroing in on Ella here. Have you personally been impacted by climate change, and if so, how has this influenced your efforts? Yeah, definitely. So when I was a sophomore at high school, and there were those massive wildfires that were raging all throughout. Los Angeles, specifically in Sun Valley, that actually directly impacted one of my friends. Uh, her house, she lived there with her mother and a bunch of animals, I believe three goats and about 20 chickens. Her house, her land was threatened by the fire. She did not know if her house was going to burn down. So she actually moved in with my family for about three days while her mother was transporting the animals out and trying to find different places to put them so that they'd be safe. And for those three days, it was very tense because she didn't know if she was going to have a house, you know, in five, 10 minutes. So that very much kind of awoke this passion in me that this is not something that I can just say, oh, yeah, you know, climate change is bad, but it's not really impacting me directly. I saw a very direct impact on someone I cared a lot about. And that made me it made me feel a lot of things, but in a way I felt very angry that the system had become so broken and people had just like this is this is kind of our reality now. And so I was very upset that the system allowed this to happen and allowed this to threaten my friend. And that was very much kind of a moment like, oh, I want to take a direct uh, direct role in this. I want to do something to stop this. Uh, like Mr. McClarty alluded to earlier in the presentation, the next year when I was a junior, I took AP Environmental Science and just learning about that stuff, learning kind of the details of how how different species have gone extinct, how humans have directly contributed to all of these different disasters. That very much made me passionate. Um, I think that what Mr. McClarty was saying about how everybody needs to take a role is very important. And I think that one way that we can take that role uh, that I've really tried to do to myself and to my friends and family is just information. If you are not ignorant to something, you are so better equipped to deal with it. Well said. And I think the that experience of living through the fires in the Western United States really affected a lot of people. I, I, I think, I'm not quite sure about this, but I think that sort of helped turn Providence toward, whoa, this is happening now right on top of us. So thank you for sharing your experience about that. Thank you. Let's see. Kate, I think you were going to ask a question. I do. I have a question for you, Beth. Okay. Um, what made Providence want to go carbon negative by 2030? And is 2030 a goal or a commitment? Well, um, that's a great question. Thank you for it. Um, in terms of why, I'd say there are several important reasons why Providence would make this commitment. First, health. We are about health. And we know that climate change impacts health greatly. In fact, it's been called the greatest public health crisis ever. Uh, we know, you know, as Ella just described, that climate change is impacting people today, people 
we know and work with, as well as people around the world. Um, we also know that healthcare is polluting, especially in the United States. So we need to clean up our contributions. And to go further, we want to drive down greenhouse gases into negative territory. That's why we're not, we don't want to just become carbon neutral, though that's really hard. We want to go carbon negative, so taking even more uh, emissions out of the atmosphere. Another reason is our shared Catholic heritage. So just, just like your mission statement is the same as Providence's mission statement, we are committed to justice and we know that the impacts of climate change and other pollution impact people unevenly, in inequitably. Communities of color or those living with poverty are impacted worse. So we are committed to understanding this and addressing it in the communities we serve. Third, I'd say many caregivers and now students I know are very concerned about the environmental crisis. So we need to address it to help them help us um, and also relieve, I hope, some of that stress. At least for me, I feel better when we're when we're acting to make improvements. So that's the first part of your question. Now, the second part of your question is challenging. Um, is it a goal or a commitment? Um, I would have to say both in good faith. Um, we are committed in Providence to doing all we can. We, we really are. This is a, a sincere commitment. Many, many people are involved. Our highest leaders are involved in this work. We are, in fact, trying to transform the culture of Providence, which, which is uh, not so easy. But I also have to say that a lot of this work is outside of our control. It's in our society. We need the energy grid to deliver renewable energy. We need the transportation sector to move away from fossil fuels toward, toward electric vehicles, which we know is happening. But by 2030, we, we're not sure. We need our supply chain to change drastically from materials they use to energy to transporting the goods that we purchase. So a lot of change is underfoot. We heard some of that yesterday from the president of the United States. Um, but what will happen by 2030? This part is a little less clear. So that is why I say it is a goal, a stretch goal, actually, and a sincere commitment. So let me ask you a related question for, for all of you. And maybe we'll start with the students. How can the health system help partner with you? Who'd like to go first of the students? I've been talking a lot, so I think Kate should go first. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sounds good. Um, I would say the best way you could partner with us and help us is by just keep working towards that uh, carbon negative goal and the long-term well-being of humans, basically. Um, because that means all of our work and all of our activism is paid off and that you're kind of hearing us and you're going to work towards it. Um, yeah, just keep doing your thing, um, keep working towards the carbon negative goal. Um, you supporting your health system is also supporting us. Would it help if we uh, worked a little more closely together? We kept you informed about what's happening at the health system? I think that would, um, as far as like keeping everyone informed so they can stay up to date of uh, how the health system is moving along would be great because then you can also um, receive support from us as well. Yeah, great, thank you. Hello, what are your ideas? Yeah, I definitely agree with everything that Kate said. I think very well said, Kate. Uh, health systems and big corporations like that have a lot of clout. They have notoriety and money. Uh, having a backer like a health system can give a lot of legitimacy to a group of teenagers. Like we saw with the Parkland shootings, young people have very valuable things to say. We just need help amplifying our voices and giving them credibility, which is something that I think Providence Health is doing a great job of. Great. Mr. McClarty, what would you add? I think Kate and Ella are both right. And, you know, 
one of the things that a large health system like Providence can do is combine moral clarity with actual action and input. So the footprint that Providence represents and the building systems that can be transformed can have a positive impact. The culture, as you were saying, Beth, uh, our government relations and government affairs folks who work so closely with politicians and state houses and NBC can have a huge impact. And then we have young voices at Providence High School, at the University of Providence in Montana that can be put to good use. And uh, one of the things that I've been thinking and talking a lot about here at the high school is how can we align the work and the programs and the culture of the high school with the needs of our communities, both locally and globally. And this is high on the list of needs where our programs, our thinking, our decisions need to be aligned with the health systems. And together, I think uh, we can do a lot of good, not just to, to meet the goals of 2030, but to transform our communities within which we live and work and learn. I'm getting all sorts of good ideas, so this is great. I, I actually have some ideas right in your neighborhood with with, uh, with St. Joseph. So we'll talk later. Thank you for that. Um, so um, we have a few audience questions coming in and I think we have about five or six minutes left. So um, I'm gonna just throw this one out there and we can maybe um, just bounce this around. Do you have advice for other high school students who might want to be trying to get students engaged in addressing climate change? Any takers? Uh, I can start out with this one. Okay. Uh, I think that the most important, like the most important first step is just wanting to learn, is looking around and saying, okay, this isn't as good as it could be. I wanna be part of the change. Once you kind of open your eyes to that, it's very easy to find resources. The internet is an incredible tool and there will always be like-minded people as in like communities of young people, there will always be like-minded people who wanna lobby together for change. Um, so I think just knowing that you want to be a part of this movement and looking for different resources, that's half the battle. I agree, and I think the biggest thing high schools can do is offer um, students information about climate change, like um, Ella's uh, course that she took, just, um, educate more students about climate change and once most of the time once students realize what's going on they do want to work to make a difference um and then also just being aware of everything you do during the day like just stop for a moment like maybe when you're using a when you're hopping into your car and think what could i be doing different to help the environment and <laughs> that's a big thing maybe it's um getting an electric car uh that's a bit of a stretch but just just be aware of things you're doing and if you could um, be doing them better to help the climate. Well said, Kate. And Scott, you want to add anything? Yeah, yeah for, for school leaders, I think it's really important. One, if you're not hearing from your students that they're concerned about this, I would ask why. And assume, make the positive assumption that your students are worried about it and go ask them about it and start listening. And the more you demonstrate that ability, that capacity to listen to student concerns, whether it's climate change or other things they're concerned about, social issues, the better, because that sends a really clear message that you want to hear from them, you want to empower them. Uh, and then other, other more practical things, or may, maybe it doesn't seem practical, but frame your decisions as leaders about how you use your budget 
from a social moral perspective. How does how we spend our money, how we source our products, uh, what our plans for for the future, whether it's curriculum or programs, how what uh, impact could that have, if any, positive or negative, uh, on on climate change? And so we can get more information and make better decisions as leaders. That's great. It sounds it sounds just like um, it, it's the voice of providence, you know, because everything we do, we want to be in alignment with our values as an organization, because those values are for the health of a better world and for justice. So it's really great to to understand a little bit more about how um, the high school is um, carrying those uh, values forward and how you to as students are really living those values. It's it's wonderful to see and that you as a and it's a teacher, Scott, also. Um, we have maybe time for one more question. I'm going to ask this other one that just came in, which is, um, is there someone that you'd call out who has inspired you as a leader, as a civic person, as a media person, as a family member, as a teacher, any, anyone that you'd call out who has been inspiring for, for you, for all of you? I'm just going to go ahead and say Greta Thunberg um, mm -hmm. has definitely been a, hopefully I said her last thing right, um, has definitely been a huge inspiration for me. Um, the first strike she did, um, at, like didn't go to school and the strike she did outside um, was incredibly inspiring and it's um, definitely been motivation for me to keep working towards helping the climate. Okay, can you say more about what what particularly do you know? Can you identify what particularly inspired you? What was it? The words? Was it her action? Was it her self? I think it's her bravery. She mm. just went out there and said, "You know what? This is a problem that we have to solve, and I'm going to help solve it." And mm -hmm. there was no apologizing. Um, Sorry, I didn't go to school. <laughs> she just went out there and was brave, and now she's um, reached millions of people all over the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, She's done an amazing job, and that's just because she's not afraid to speak out. And I highly admire that. That's great. Thank you. Ella, do you have someone? Yeah, um, I'd say probably my science teacher last year. I keep talking about AP environmental science class a lot, but it was a really great class that I took. If you are a like prospective sophomore through senior and you're looking for a science requirement, take it. It's a really great class. And the teacher, Mr. Senga, he did a really great job of showing us all the issues that were happening, but not making us feel hopeless about it, you know? Because a lot of the time when people are having this dialogue, it can be a very like saddening, you know, everything's terrible, what can you do? Whereas with this class and with Mr. Senga, it was very much a positive, we have the power to change this. We can be empowered and do something about it. Um, at one point, he showed us a bunch of different animals that had gone extinct. He was like, okay, it's too late for these. But there were some other animals that hadn't gone extinct yet, who we, like us, the students, could do our part to save. And for me, that was a very empowering moment. And that was something that stuck with me because we do have the power to, to change it. And that was all kind of taught to me by Mr. Senga. So thanks, Mr. Senga. <laughs> Well, I bet Mr. Senga will be very, very happy to hear this presentation today. And that's great feedback for a teacher who's committed to doing just what you said. Also, I just don't know if you know that for Providence, what we're using is a mnemonic that says we act. And that stands for what we're addressing, waste, energy, agriculture, chemicals, and transportation. But it really is getting after what you just said, that this is in our hands. We have power to change it through our actions. And we do this together. 
So I, I really uh, echo what you said. Thank you. Scott, Thank what you. would you say? Uh, there have been so many people in my life from colleagues uh, that I have fought with over the years to Pope Francis and his global leadership on climate change to uh, Bill Gates. I'm, I just recently read his new book and it's, we need people with resources, uh, with research, uh, with pull, uh, and with a global voice to really make change. So I think, you know, the more I think about it, I see these connections between Bill Gates, Pope Francis, and Mr. Sangha. And making sure that all of those dots get connected is going to be, uh, I think, how I focus on moving forward as a, as a leader, as a parent, and as a human being who shares Ellen Kate's desire and yours to live uh, in a healthy, a healthy planet. That's wonderful. Well, y'all, we are about out of time. And I just thank you so much. Uh, it's been wonderful to learn more about the school first and to share that a little bit to meet, I had met Scott before, and it's wonderful to see Scott again and be able to visit a bit more. And wonderful to meet you, Ella and Kate. Thank you uh, for your work toward this today. And I can say thank you already for the commitments you're making for the future and the Broadway and your own futures. And I wish you the very best and I hope we can be in touch again. Thank you for having us. Yes, yes. thank you so much. So, and happy Earth Day to all, that Earth Week. This is our, as said, bookend to our Earth Week celebration. And um, I wanna thank specifically Scott, Kate and Ella again for joining us today. And for everyone who's listening and sending in your questions, thank you for those. To learn more about our initiatives, programs, services and ways to give, please visit providence.org. And make sure to follow us on social media under Providence on Twitter and at Providence Health System on LinkedIn, Facebook and Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.